this project kind of talks about creativity and the relationship with creativity, I guess, precisely like my relationship with creativity, especially over this last year. Oh, I always thought like, as soon as I was able to have more resources in my life, I would be able to be even more creative, you know, with like less limits. <laughs> yeah. The, right. Throughout this whole year, I've kind of felt the opposite. I've felt like, I don't know what I want to say right now. It's just been so much that's happened and so much to integrate still that's like still going on that it's been really hard to you know, just like open up Cinema 4D and make some cool art and have fun. It doesn't seem like fun anymore. You know, it feels like work now that yeah. there's all this pressure on it. And I felt like this before in my music when I was like really drilling that career. And I got to a point where I was like, dude, like I don't want to open up Ableton anymore because uh, it feels like work. And like I'm sitting here at my computer saying, you know, we have to make this, you know, EP by the end of the month so I can get these festivals booked this next year. And it was like so much of, of that. I, I lost the, the playfulness that I started with when I started making music. And, um, you know, and that was a really scary feeling. I could kind of see it coming with art because <laughs> it, it was like those roles were, you know, reversed in my life pretty quickly over this past year where it's like, oh, now I'm a full-time artist. And that's, you know, my, my identity that most people know me as now. But I felt the pressure starting to grow and being like, oh, like now I, I have shit to lose now, if that makes sense, right? Like it, it's harder to be experimental and try new things, which is like, the base of creativity I feel like when you have so many eyes on you and people expecting stuff and then you have people that collect your work your career affects their finances and you have to start thinking about that kind of shit that's kind of what I'm putting into this project because I was like I don't know what to say I was telling Jory um, my manager about all this she was like make the project about this <laughs> like that feeling that you have about <laughs> fucking and I was like oh that's so smart but it's also like so difficult <laughs> to like make a project about like feeling like my creativity has died because I need creativity to make the project in the first place. I feel like I'm in, like this dark room. I'm like feeling my way out of it right now. And uh, it's been fun though. And the, the project itself has re-sparked a lot of that feeling I had with art that I felt like was distanced this year. And I, I, I feel like the work I'm working on right now is definitely some of my best work. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists they come to this place to talk about the crypto space and that's nifty that's nifty that's nifty your hosts for tonight's podcast are tyler larry and slime sunday damn that's nifty yo 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 what's up parrot how's it going man good man can you hear me all right yeah same with me can you hear me okay yes sir yes sir Expected nothing less from uh, the co-host yourself. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, Larry's at his own crib today. He just got back from Costa Rica, and he is uh, not normal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do you all a favor and stay off camera today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
little stomach bug, huh? Yeah, a little stomach bug. Oh, right. Yeah, that will do it. Yeah. Yeah, don't drink the tap water. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I, uh, I respect you still showing up, man, you know? <laughs> the least I can do at this point. <laughs> Didn't show up for his regular job today, but this is more important, so. I feel that, yeah. <laughs> at this point. What have you been up to, man? I know it's been uh, it's busy for everybody still, even though the market's yeah. kind of weird. But yeah, yeah, um, just been working and stuff. I kind of took like a little step back. Um, I think like NFT NYC really just like burnt me out. It was like the I think the last straw after pretty much like months and months of traveling back and forth to New York and in Miami and stuff. Um, and you're in Washington, right? I'm in LA currently right now. You're in LA now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a far flight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh yeah, I was just like so tired after NFT NYC. And then um I went to Basel too, and I was like, oh, this is so much. <laughs> and so uh all like all of December, I just kind of chilled and didn't really do anything at all. Yeah, is... I mean, we didn't go to that many places, but the two I went, I saw you there. So I yeah, know yeah, you're yeah, everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was definitely bouncing around a lot this year, just trying to, um, you know, trying to meet everybody and turn that the online connections into real life connections and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, you know, just, I just got so tired by the by the end of this year. So took a nice break. Um, got like a lot of outside time which was nice. Didn't really think about like career stuff or social media stuff at all, which was cool. And uh, then just been working on some projects ever since then. Yeah, man. And I saw on Twitter that you're about to be doing uh, some DJing soon again, huh? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't really like, besides um, like a few things in New York, like um, some smaller things, I haven't really DJed at all since before COVID. Wow. Yeah. Back on the horse. (laughs) Yeah. Looking forward to it, man. Well, how does that feel, man? I've never uh, had the pleasure of DJing in front of a crowd, but that's got to be an insane feeling you've been missing. Yeah, dude. It's a pretty crazy feeling. Um, Like, I think I remember like the first time I really felt it. um, I was like 18 and I was just going to college and I won this comp, like this DJ competition to open up um for like a bigger artist that was coming through and it was like the first real show I ever played and uh it was just like the craziest feeling like looking out and seeing everyone like dancing and seeing all the like the light guy doing his lighting stuff and like you know um it's like one of the best feelings in my opinion and uh yeah it's it's been weird not having that because it's been kind of like a consistent thing in my life for so long yeah, I guess for the for the listeners out there who might not know you, I mean, you're a co-host of Origin Stories with RD. Have yes, you yourself sir. had an origin story? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we, we, I was looking. Right I couldn't find it. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere out there. It was uh, a yeah. what one of the earlier ones, I think, actually. And then you were. I couldn't playing. figure out how to. I couldn't figure out how to go chronologically through uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> through right, the YouTube right. videos. So oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, all right. Yeah. I'm going to assume it's not there. <laughs> so how did you and RD get like paired up together? Um, pretty randomly, actually. Um, we, you know, we're just both on Twitter a lot, um, a, little, a little over a year ago, you know, in the NFT space. And um, 
we randomly started DMing at one point because um, there was um, some artwork by Peter Morabacher, actually, who uh, was, you know, we both saw his, his stuff on Maker's Place. And he's been one of my favorite, like, concept artists for a minute. And he had stuff on Maker's Place from, like, 2018. And we were both like, whoa, this guy was, like, doing NFTs in 2018. That's crazy. Like, this is historical. And we were, like, chatting about it in the DMs. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's cool. And I was, you know, looking at some of the threads he was making about the NFT space. And I was like, yeah, this guy is is cool. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, one time he tweeted like, hey, I'm looking for an artist to like help me on this project that I'm I'm trying to make. Um, And usually like when I see that kind of shit, like I'm not the dude to reach out to people (laughs) about that kind of stuff because like I have enough stuff going on usually. But um, I just had this like gut feeling. I'm like, I'm going to hit him up and see what this is about. So I hit him up and he was like, yo, let's get on a Zoom call. And I was like, cool. And we got on a Zoom call and um, he was like, something about doing this podcast. And, you know, I want it to be about the origin stories of the artists, but I, I want to do it with an artist and have like, you know, you know, an artist on, on the team and like helping, you know, us bring this to the world. And um, at that point, like, I was doing a few podcast type things for super rare. Um, and so I had like, just like the smallest bit of like podcast experience, but um, I was like a little nervous and shit. Cause well, that'll pad like, the resume a little. I mean, <laughs> artist with a, at least a little bit of podcasting experience. Yeah. Boom, right to the top. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I, I was definitely a little nervous though, just cause I, I, you know, before really like, last year I was pretty camera shy and then now I'm just you know have to do live streams all the time and like think on the spot and like you know it's definitely like the thing I've gotten better at but yeah I was just like fuck it let's do it Roger you know and just kind of took a chance and it's grown into something super beautiful since then hell yeah man we're we're big fans as well hell yeah (laughs) yeah no I was gonna say it's just uh it's cool to see just like the multifaceted aspect of it right because you know you guys run your origin stories the live streams are 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 always dope and um you know i kind of see us as like an more of an analog type of structure Mm -hmm. you know where we kind of have our set dates and everything like that and we're yeah you know i guess just like what's your opinion just on like you know the evolution from like the clubhouse days to like now the spaces days and just kind of your general how you you see you know not necessarily in media in this space but just kind Uh of how things like communicated uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I think honestly, like Clubhouse was so important for the NFT space as a whole, because it was really like, um, I, you know, I, I, and at least in, in my life, like it was the first time we had like chat rooms that were vocal like that, like outside yeah. of like Discord, I guess, or, you know, like big Zoom meetings and stuff. But it, it was just like such a such a new fun way to communicate with people especially when we're like all locked inside because of covid and the lockdowns it was like the the closest things are like hanging out with my friends or you know people i'd want to meet in real life um so that you know i think that was pretty important for like i I know so much knowledge and information and some bad knowledge and, and fake news but a lot of education got spread through uh through clubhouse about nfts um you know i know so many people i meet now were like i got into nfts through clubhouse so i think that's that was really important and it was kind of interesting how like it pivoted to twitter spaces so quickly um that almost like reminds me of like 
when um, Instagram started having stories and then everyone left Snapchat and was just like back to Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think honestly, like that, that clubhouse Twitter space thing is such an integral part of the NFT community. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's tons of spaces and clubhouses about other things and other communities too, but it's, it's definitely been something I think that's kind of, held the community together because it gives us almost like a town hall kind of feel right yeah it's funny twitter's sure. actually going after discord now with the community stuff have you seen that pop really? up at all oh okay yeah yeah actually i got invited to like a, a 3d artist community and i was so confused when i saw that i was like is this like a facebook group i'm so confused <laughs> it basically just takes the twitter feed down to just a set number of people and i guess oh, it's okay. chronological like the old days interesting interesting i'll have to look into that more yeah, I don't, I mean, it probably won't replace Discord just because you can write a lot more in that. And like Twitter isn't good for long form at all, but yeah, eh, they're, they're trying something. Yeah, Discord's cool because it, it feels like somewhere in between something like Slack and then something like an actual social media website. Because it can be really yeah. functional if you're like building a brand or even just like, you know, working on a project and using it to send files. and Exactly, uploading documents and stuff. Yeah. Great yeah it'll be interesting to see how like twitter spaces evolves and stuff um or if something else you know takes it over i was really enjoying when twitter had the fleets which were just like twitter stories because i follow a lot of people on twitter i don't follow on instagram or a lot more people are way more active on one platform or the other so i liked having that option but they removed that pretty quickly yeah <laughs> short-lived it's fleeting if you will Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> I had to throw it out there. God. Too clean. Um, so we saw your first artwork on Super Rare was in like June of 2020. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Was that the first tokenized artwork that you had? Yep. 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 It was. Yeah. So, like, uh, you said you did some podcast work for Super Rare and stuff too. Did you? How did you like uh, discover that platform or get turned on to NFTs in general? Um, actually through discord, funnily enough, um, I w was, uh, talking with one of my homies, he goes by Fre frequent, he's like a really dope uh, music producer. And, um, we were talking a lot in discord back in that time period. And I was helping him a lot with like 3d stuff. Cause he wanted to learn how to do 3d and he was just like helping me dial in my music more. So it was kind of like this, um, you know trade type thing going on but he's also the homie so we were just chatting about shit and stuff and he was telling me about uh glass crane who is a incredible like psychedelic 3d artist in the space and i've known about glass crane for a few years now just being in like the kind of psychedelic festival scene and um i was like oh yeah like how's he doing and he was like oh he's selling his digital art on like the blockchain and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> Like you explain more and he was like yeah it's on super rare you know he he told me he paid his uh his rent last month with this and i was like that's crazy um like <laughs> let me check it out and so i went uh, and checked out super rare's website and i was like kind of familiar with crypto at this point um bought some like shell and coinbase here and there over the past few years but never really like, took the deep dive into it and so i'm checking out super rare's website and I'm looking at like, you know, what is an NFT? And I was like, kind of made sense. But like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I need to like have someone like explain this shit to me. So I go on YouTube and I'm like looking for NFT videos and there's nothing 
Like no one talking about it. Could you like, imagine that now? Like trying, <laughs> yeah. like, there's flooded with you, like in oh a TV. Oh my God. Room. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, like no one even fucking was talking about this yet. That's weird. And so I'm like going on super rare and um, I'm like, you know what? Like this could just be like one of those like weird art sites that like you know i don't know I, I was like i was like this could be nothing but um probably nothing probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i uh i applied and uh you know just you have to take like a video uh when you apply to super rare you know talking to the camera and stuff so i was just like holding up my phone like I do art and i think blockchain's kind of cool like <laughs> and I, you know i don't think there's really that many artists on super rare at this point so i got hit back like within the next day or two and uh, joined and i was like cool um i think i uploaded my first piece of art you know put some ethereum in there or something and then um I, you know scrolling through a lot of super rare and you know, I'm like, who are these artists? I saw like X copy was, you know, one of the biggest artists still at that time. And I'm like looking for him on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm like, he only has a few thousand followers. But I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's not like the fucking guys on Instagram who have like half a million followers, you know, like you know, at that time I was like expecting like the fuck renders and the, um, you know, Victor Mascaras and the people who I was following on Instagram for so long already but it was like all these new artists Fuocious, you know carlos uh coldy x copy uh, all this art i've never seen before and um i'm like who are these people and i found out that everyone was on twitter i just copy and pasted their super usernames <laughs> found them on twitter <laughs> and started started following everybody and i was like oh these guys are cool um and it, it was you know i got introduced to the community that way by like finding all these artists and collectors um through super rare and just finding them on twitter and then just like jumping in head first and it was just a lot of fun Boom. no i was just gonna say i think that like we have the similar type of onboarding but from the collector perspective right, right. like um you know in you being in the space obviously collecting work too it's it's cool to get perspective on uh in super rare from my angles like where kind of you know you learn how to set up a metamask and how to like onboard through crypto so yeah yeah um that's clearly or you know for for us at least the biggest learning curve is just kind of understanding how to move everything around and for sure and then obviously kind of dive into the community by just you know being present um so it's cool to hear you know a similar kind of onboarding case especially from a, a counter counterpoint from an, an artist perspective yeah 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 feels like so long ago now <laughs> 36 works now up there yeah yeah Can you believe it yeah it's wild <laughs> i was i, I was minting, minting a lot of work when i first joined though i didn't really get the whole concept of like supply and demand and and also there's just like such a different market back then too that's part of the story <laughs> now you know it's like yeah yeah, yeah. that's when i was new yeah know? yeah so off of that too, like, how do you think, or how's your, like your evolution of like your personal curation change? Cause I think, you know, you see, you can look at your work, you can flip through kind of, um, you know, what you put out there. And, and I, I think you see a lot of, uh, um, you know, personality in your work and it's kind of, you know, some of it even seems like experimental where you're kind of working on new stuff, maybe, mm -hmm. but, but like from early curation for what you're putting out to where you are now, like how's your mindset changed on what you do put out? quite a bit man um you know like i've only been making visual art 
for like four and a half years at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, put in a lot of hours in those four and a half years. But, uh, you know, it it took me like a long time for myself to even kind of find my own artistic uh, identity uh, because I was just, you know, for the longest time, like looking at people like people and being like, how do I get that good? (laughs) <laughs> right that's yeah. all I cared about it wasn't about like trying to express myself that much I was just like how do I get good enough to where like if I express myself people actually understand it yep. um and I feel like I was just like breaking past that point when I found super rare so um and it, it was also experimental you know still is but especially back then I was just like you know what like I don't I don't know exactly you know how I'm gonna brand myself I never really in music I did but never really in the visual sense like really had my own brand as an artist I was just making art and doing some client work here and there and um, you know over the course of the past year and a half um, you know I feel like I was kind of put in this place where now I have so many eyes on my work (laughs) and like and you know and like coverage and and an audience and it's uh now now I'm like oh now I actually have to like really think about what I'm putting out into the world like I you know got really lucky that uh I found out about NFTs really really early and you know and at the same time also had like the the vision to be able to see that they're going to be something big and the commitment to stick with it but now, you know, I'm in this place where, you know, I'm in a position where like a lot of other people would want to be in. And I feel like now I have to like do my absolute best now that I'm in this position to like prove that like <laughs> I'm supposed to be, yeah. you know? hundred percent. And I think like the biggest thing is being present, um, you know, at all times and especially like at, you know, from the beginning and seeing where, where you know, you're rooted. And then also um, kind of reading the times because it's, it's ever changing. And uh, you know, anyone that was kind of floating around 2020, anytime before, you know, like the Feb boom or whatever that was February 21, um, you know, it's like a totally different book. You know, you're kind of reading a, a totally different story before yeah, and after. Definitely. But, definitely. But I, I think a lot of the people had the foresight or at least the feeling like the gut feeling of like, this is something that's going to be big. Um, yeah. I just thought it would take like five years instead of six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's all timing. It was like yeah. with the crypto boom too. Cause like we, yeah. you know, we're buying crypto to buy art and then it's like, Oh, this crypto is going pretty well. Oh yeah. 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 A lot of people have a lot more than, than we do. And Oh, <laughs> they not like to spend it. Oh, on fine art. Oh, sweet this is good um (laughs) i think another thing too that's kind of like a staple you know when people think of you is like um your collaboration work i feel like you do a lot of um you know work within groups you know you work Mm um i remember that dropped with with fuo and Mm -hmm. jonathan and that crew and um i guess when when you're working on stuff like that what's your mindset um no matter who it be really like do you have kind of a is it like more of just kind of a you know, let's go and see where this goes. Is there a game plan person to person or what's your, your mindset on kind of working in, you know, that group capacity? Um, it really depends, you know. Um, I think that collab that I did with Fiwo and Odious and Jonathan Wolf was definitely like the most involved collaboration I've ever been a part of. I've been a part of like, you know, some curated uh, works before where I'm like, you know, 
put in a piece of my own work and with some other people's and there's like a theme or something and I'm not you know but that's still like not quite a collaboration I've done um like a collaboration with another 3D artist love visuals before um and that was pretty straightforward like we're just passing the project file back and forth and working on it um but the one with Fiwo was like much different because um I was the only 3D artist in that group um you know Fiwo mm -hmm. and Odious both like mostly digital artists and Jonathan Wolf coming from a traditional background into digital art um I was like, how am I going to collaborate <laughs> with these like people who don't, you know, do 3D? And so there's like that, that was like, you know, a very like prominent, like puzzle piece. And then uh, also like, you know, I, I was a huge fan of Felocious, still am obviously, and looked up and continued to look up to him. So I was like super elated that he, you know, reached out to me to even be a part of this in the first place. And then, um, you know, we we're all, all, all talking a lot in Discord, um, you know, pretty much every day, just bouncing ideas around of what we wanted to do and, and, and talking with Ashley from Nifty Gateway about what we wanted to do. And then, um, like, uh, a month after Fiwa reached, reached out to me to join the project, he was like, hey, I'm thinking about moving out to Seattle because I'm turning 18 and, like, you know, I'm in this abusive situation at my grandparents' house and can't live here anymore and i've been thinking about montana wisconsin and seattle i was like definitely fucking come to seattle don't go to wisconsin bro <laughs> how does wisconsin uh, even make the list yikes i, I think because i think because kanye has a estate out there and oh. you know it looks art scene pretty <laughs> but <laughs> yeah i was like no i'll come to seattle <laughs> and so uh he he flies up to seattle with a fucking two suitcases with hardly any clothes just full of old sketches and notepads and art supplies and stuff and um crashes at my spot for like two weeks until he gets his own own spot up there and you know we became really really close friends through this process and that also changed the dynamic of the collaboration um the fact that we could work together in person now and it wasn't all through the internet so we could you know stay up till 4 a.m in the morning watch dumb youtube videos and just like shoot the crap and, and brainstorm like you know these different ideas and stuff and um we eventually decided we wanted to do physicals we wanted to make them ourselves so we bought a 3d printer and um we're just like tinkering in his empty like furnitureless kitchen with his 3d printer trying to like make toys and shit um so that that, that whole experience was so much more like it's, it's so different than any project I've ever been a part of before. Um, part of it was, you know, me being a 3D artist and like trying to collaborate with non-3D artists. And part of it was, it was like the first collab I ever did with someone in person. And another part of it was like throughout this process and the closer it got to the release, the more hype was happening in NFTs. And we could see that happening. And we were like, bro, this is going to be like way bigger than we thought. And like- the Pressure was building. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like Fiwo was also had like two drops on Nifty before our drop. He had the artifact shoe drop and the two feet drop. And both of those did millions of dollars. And we were like, is our drop about to like be on that level? And we like, you know, when we started it, we had no idea that that was even like possible. And it just happened to, you know, drop at that right time during the, the middle of the week-long people's auction <laughs> and like <laughs> the week before that i feel like those were the two craziest weeks on nifty gateway 
And uh, yeah, so yeah, that was definitely like a life-changing experience in, in a lot of ways. Oh, that's so cool just to, to hear that story of, uh, now, <laughs> I feel like that's something you'll be telling like, you know, 50 years from now uh, and yeah. just like, oh yeah, I knew fuel. I saw him get off, a, get off a train with nothing but his bag full of sketches. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so cool, man. That's the mm-hmm. type of context and story behind things that I think we love. So um yeah 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 that's awesome so my favorite piece of yours is kodoma oh okay cool and i think for me it kind of meshes two prominent things that you do which are those awesome landscapes with the crazy lighting and then the organic figures with different you know skin on them basically and i think it it's kind of like um it links together your nifty gateway drop too, sentinel. Mm-hmm. I feel like it fits yeah, 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 in yeah. with those pieces a lot too. So there's just a lot of reasons I like that piece. But is there anything particular about it that um, while you were making it stands out to you or anything? Mm, I don't know, man. It's this, this whole year has kind of been a artistic journey of self-discovery <laughs> and like uh, really trying to figure out what like one I want to say with my art and then two like how to say that with my yeah. art and um like for me like if i have a feeling inside me right i can jump i've been making music on my computer for like 15 years so i can like jump into ableton and it's so easy for me to translate that feeling so quickly because i know all the tools and i know like it's all like muscle memory and it's, it's almost like a dance right it's like this expression and it ha- can happen so quickly with art because I haven't been doing it as long, I feel like I'm a little bit more clumsy with these tools. It takes a lot more um, like working around and problem solving to like express stuff in the same way. Um, So, uh, you know, I I feel like this last year, I really grew a lot in in terms of like technique, I think. I think if um, I look at stuff I was making two years ago versus one year ago, like the, the technique and, and my understanding of the tools um, shows a lot. And then this year, I'm really focusing on that, like, what am I saying? How, how am I saying it? What do I want to share with the world, right? It's not just an image that looks cool, but like, what, what is it saying? Yep. I love that. So first year, getting the technique down. Second year, I'm saying something. yeah Yeah. exactly yeah and you use a lot of different tools right like i've saw your list and it's like all of them yeah i bounce around between a lot of programs um my like usual workflow is pretty cinema 4d based and um yeah i'll do a lot of character design and daz 3d and some marvelous designer for some clothes and cinema 4d for basically putting everything together and, and, and composing and then i do a lot of like post work and photoshop um sometimes that's like painting over stuff sometimes that's uh just like color corrections or you know adding textures and stuff like that um yeah yeah love it i mean the more tools you have you're working on the technique might as well try them all out right yeah for sure <laughs> the, kid, the kids tyler would call that having a, a deep bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> love it get deep in his bag um i was gonna bring this back i i had a most memorable origin stories live stream um it's probably gotta be we did me and roger did a whiskey round table 
with Bill Ellis and um, Eric uh, Young, the collector. And mm -hmm. we just all got on a live stream together and um, each bought a bottle of whiskey and then just talk shit and we're drinking whiskey <laughs> the whole time. That's awesome. <laughs> Bill's the man. I haven't had the pleasure of uh, talking to E.T. Young yet, but um, Bill's awesome. Yeah, Eric's really cool too. It, it was a super fun uh, live stream. I love being able to talk to collectors and artists in like the same setting. I, I feel like it's su such a cool uh, thing to be able to get two sides of that perspective at the same time in the same conversation. Yeah, I agree. Um, 100%. What do you have coming up on the horizon? Um, still just working on stuff behind the scenes. I know you got a lot of projects you said you're going with right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, recently I announced that um, I'm working with YMU um yep. they're helping managing all my stuff um congrats on that too by the thank way. you man it, it feels like a, a definite level up um and uh it, i feel like it came at the right time um mm -hmm. I, had, I had some other management um hit me up you know throughout the year earlier in the year and it just didn't feel that right because i was doing everything by myself you know on my own feeling like I could I could manage that like pretty well and there was not really any reason to bring anyone else in and then I met uh Jory at uh Slime Sunday's Phillips auction actually um over the oh, summer yeah. that's where and, we met you for the first time yeah yeah that was yeah. fun man that was so that was, cool I need to see another uh auction show that was or the uh, auction house uh gallery it was awesome yeah, it was a really cool one, man. Um, but I met Jory there, and uh, she hit me up like a few days later, being like, "Hey, we should talk." And I was like, "Cool." And um, you know, talked, you know, for a few months, really, almost six months, maybe, just kind of feeling it out, seeing if the, it was a good fit and stuff. And um, you know, nothing but amazing vibes from that team, and um, they, they and I really align on a lot of. Our, our visions about like what I want to do and what I can do and stuff. So it felt like a good fit. Um, and they're, you know, we're working on a project right now um, that I can't spill all the beans about quite yet, but it's going to be with um, on the platform called voice and voice is based on the EOS blockchain. And I'm pretty sure it's uh, going to be cross chain by the time my project drops. So that'll be interesting. I've only minted uh, on Ethereum up to until this point. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see what <laughs> what it's like doing it on a different blockchain. Um, and EOS is one I've never heard of before. Yeah. I, <laughs> personally, I don't even know that much about it. But um, give it a look. I, yeah. Yeah. I started talking with Voice this summer and uh, went and visited their headquarters in brooklyn um and it's like a, an amazing team and um you know really excited to be doing this project with them we're gonna get some charity involved um and um you know hopefully do something uh some sort of event coming up here in new york hopefully by june for nft nyc and uh yeah it's it's this project i guess um you know kind of talks about creativity and the relationship with creativity and um I, I guess precisely like my relationship with creativity especially over this last year 
Um, Cause you know, I, I always thought like, as soon as I was able to have more resources in my life, I would be able to be even more creative, you know, with like less limits <laughs> and, uh, right. throughout this whole year. Um, I've kind of felt the opposite. I've felt like, I don't know what I want to say right now. It's there's been so much that's happened and so much to integrate still that's like still going on that it's been really hard to, um, you know, just like open up Cinema 4D and make some cool art and have fun. It doesn't seem like fun anymore. You know, it feels like work now that yeah. there's all this pressure on it. And I felt like this before in my music when I was like really drilling that career. And I got to a point where I was like, dude, like I don't want to open up Ableton anymore because uh, it feels like work. And like I'm sitting here at my computer saying, you know, we have to make this, you know, EP by the end of the month so I can get these festivals booked this next year. And it was like so much of, of that. I, I lost the, the playfulness that I started with when I started making music. And, um, you know, and that was a really scary feeling. And uh, this last year, I could kind of see it coming with art because <laughs> it, it was like those roles were, you know, reversed in my life pretty quickly over this past year where it's like, oh, now I'm a full-time artist. And that's, you know, my, my identity that most people know me as now. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was just like a, a weird thing. And so I, I felt that coming with the art this year. I felt, I felt the pressure starting to grow and being like, oh, like now I, I have shit to lose now, if that makes sense, right? Like it, it's harder to be experimental and try new things, which is like the base of creativity. I feel like when you have so many eyes on you and so many expect people expecting stuff and then you have people that collect your work and you know now you know your career affects their finances and you have to start thinking about that kind of shit and it's a weird you know a weird place for an artist to be I feel like and uh so that's kind of what I'm putting into this project because I was like I don't know what to say I was telling Jory um my manager about all this she was like, make the project about this, <laughs> like that feeling that you have about <laughs> fucking. And I was like, oh, that's so smart. But it's also like so difficult <laughs> to like make a project about like feeling like my creativity has died because I need creativity to make the project in the first place. And so it's been this like very weird battle of like trying to, you know, I feel like I'm in like this dark room. I'm like feeling my way out of it right now. And uh, it's been fun though. And the, the project itself has re-sparked a lot of that feeling I had with art that I felt like was distanced this year. So um, and I, I, I feel like the work I'm working on right now is definitely some of my best work. And I feel like it says something. And, and you know, thanks to YMU and the whole team, they're really helping me tackle this from every angle and think about, you know, not just the art, but, you know, the story around the art, the, the promotion around the art, the, the collector experience, you know, all these different things that, like, I could think about myself, but now I could get it mostly just think about the art. <laughs> Less work, yeah. right? Yeah, well, or, like, more focused on what I am good at, right? Like, right. I'm, I'm okay at the business shit. Like, I, I, I got to a certain place by myself, um, you know, I learned a lot of lessons in the music industry, like and messed up a lot of times with promotion and stuff. Um, so when I came to the NFT space, I took a lot of those lessons that I learned and just put them into my brand here. And I feel like that worked 
it, until a certain level and now i'm like okay now i need help <laughs> like you know like i i i, I want to you know do really big things with my art and i can't do that by myself well well they it's like that they're both uh, both of those you know the project in the in in the groupers you know seem like they're kind of intertwined because they're like alleviating some of the uh, you know those pressures that that would take away from the creative side exactly um, yeah in in from your end like taking that off your back and just being able to create has got to be you know such a weight off your shoulders and in having the foresight from experience right from you know seeing it from the music side um you know it just goes to show every experience can be you know something that you learn from and you don't really know until you know you bounce into that situation again but having that back end support is um is huge for folks in your shoes it just allows you to create and and that's mm -hmm. exactly you know what you were doing when you when you came in and yeah exactly. and uh just kind of taking that back um and yeah. leaving a little bit of that weight yeah exactly man i think uh you know you kind of see this happen a lot especially in this space so, you know i've seen it happen and you know watching it happen with with friends of mine artists and even even collectors just like um the space is like so intense it's 24 7 and never stops it's like the stock market but it's 24 7 <laughs> and like exactly and then you're having um you know this like stimulus overload where you're seeing you know on your timeline so and so sold a piece of art for a million dollars and then you're seeing people <laughs> shilling at you and then you're seeing people talking about losing again their board apes hacked and it's just so much so much noise and like staying plugged into that for so long i feel like just can't be good for you I, I, yeah. I, breaks I, are important and that gives you a chance yeah. like you said to internalize all the feelings that you've had that you haven't had a chance to process because you've just yeah. been going 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 yeah but the space also like runs on FOMO half the time so when you leave then you feel this intense FOMO to bring you back and it's like such such a weird cycle and there is an opportunity cost of taking a break because like, what if you take a break for a week and then that's the week fucking everyone gets some crazy airdrop where you miss out on the next board apes or like whatever, you know? And I, I, I feel like it's uh, like this perfect system of keeping people <laughs> trapped in it. It's and a two-sided coin and both sides is. are anxiety. It's just yeah. <laughs> right. rough. Literally. Oh uh, man. Uh, yeah. I'm just thinking yeah. of it now. I'm like, I feel like proud of myself for maintaining my, like some stability of like mental health for all the uh, paper hand moves honestly. I've made. So like, same, honestly, I'm, same, um, same, same. I'm going to pat myself on the back for still being here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all deserve a pat on the back. <laughs> it's all, it's all you need sometimes. It's like, you're, you're all right. All right. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and I'm actually glad this space has embraced mental health so much because it is necessary yeah. where we are right now. And like, I, I don't know if it's just this space, but maybe the world in general has become more aware of mental health awareness. But yeah, I think so, man. I, I see a lot of people trying to start that conversation and a lot of people, you know, being able to continue that conversation and keep it an ongoing thing. I think that's so important. Um I like I feel like I'm I'm pretty good at checking in with myself and being like self-aware of how I'm feeling and shit and still like this year was like uh, you know still even though I was trying not to get burned out still managed to burn myself out pretty badly and you know I, I feel like 
that's probably happening to everybody at different levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like you might not even realize it until you are burnt out. Right. Where it's just yeah, like, yeah, exactly. you're, you're just going. Exactly, going. man. Yeah. Yeah. For, for real. Like it, it was a lot of fun, continuous fun until suddenly I was like, Oh, I feel so off. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It feels like right now is a good time to lay off too. Mm -hmm. This is a great time to just check yourself, everybody, because it's it's really chill right now for the most part. Yeah, yeah, relatively chill. Yeah, the the markets. I mean, I feel like they've been trading pretty sideways for the past few weeks, and it seems like a much chiller time than a few months ago for sure. But when it's up, it's we're up too. You know, that's the thing. It's like we'll keep as high as everything will go that gets us more amped up but then you just go harder and then it's when it catches you on that downturn <laughs> yeah it does oh my god so we gotta stop timing I... markets let's time our health everyone right yeah i wonder if i like had like i'm sure there's an app for this to like you know track your mood over the, over a year or something and i wonder like if i match that up with the crypto cycle how like on point that would look <laughs> Yeah, just turn off. I did it with our. Oh, go ahead, Larry. No, I was just gonna say turn off any notifications for price points. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that exact thing with our um, our episode downloads against the crypto market today. Actually, it tracks pretty well. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> our viewership that, yeah. goes down when the market's down. It's like no, and not everybody's like looking for information. You know. Yeah. FOMO out. Yeah. FOMO yeah. in. FOMO out. So we really do um, bear markets sometimes to chill out. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, it's helpful. That's what or, I was just silver lining. Say, I like guess it, I don't know. It'll just weed everyone out. It's a good time to build in the background, you know. It is for sure. I uh, this this now goes back to something we touched on earlier. But I uh, from your your streams with RD, the one that I think I I remember tuning in for live was the um the people auction closing. Oh, and yep, um, yep, yep. Was that was that one? So yeah, I think you were like, "Yeah, we're just waiting for Parrot. He's just uh, it's PST. He's gotta wake up and get a coffee, and uh, we'll be good to go." <laughs> and then yeah. and then that thing went bananas, and that's when I realized I'm like, "This is, this is fucked up. This is what the fuck is going on, yeah. dude? dude?" But like, you guys are my source at that point. Like, I want like I need some you know some sort of live reaction. So, um, oh yeah, I just remembered that that, was, <laughs> that one for me was like a. Yeah, actually, Jesus Christ, we're here. Yeah, looking back on that, that I, I'd put that at a tie with the whiskey roundtable. That was like, you know, a one-off, its own thing. Like, I woke up at fucking yeah. five forty-five a.m. or something for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. chug some coffee and uh, like six or six thirty a.m. I was like, all right, let's go, Roger. And uh, yeah, it was wild watching that happen in real time. And we were taking like uh, bets not like actual bets but you know just like being like what do you think it's gonna go to and roger was like you know what i'm gonna say 69 million just like joking yeah. and then it <laughs> fucking went to 69 million and there's a live reaction of like his face like realizing he guessed right yeah oh, that was a year ago yeah 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 a little over a year ago that's, that's wild. wild fuck man time <laughs> yeah dude my sense of time is so screwy right now yeah covid didn't help that either no, it really didn't. Yeah, it was like already <laughs> screwy before NFTs just because every day blending into the next day. Yep. Just surrounded by your walls. Um, 
and then another thing too I wanted to touch on because anyone that's that's you know working with artifacts in some way I kind of want to get their perspective so from from your end um when Roger brought that idea to you what was what was kind of your reaction to it and then obviously kind of the success of it and and how it's growing and kind of the goals behind it the um kind of the essence of the project any uh you know any insight from your end as a creator for it yes yeah sure um yeah he told me about that you know I think pretty soon after he came up with the idea or finalized the idea and you know he he came to me and he was like I want to do this project I want to take you know a hundred artists that I feel like are instrumental or like not you know not just OGs but people who were were here and were building before every you know the floodgates really opened up so um you know i i don't know exactly what that looks like for roger like who his hundred are but um and i don't know if it's still gonna be just a hundred artists or if it's gonna be like an ongoing thing i don't know if that part mm -hmm. has changed but um i thought it was a it was a great idea um you know my only thing was like i hope you know you can get all these artists to say yes because there's like some big names in there so. yeah <laughs> yep. And uh, I think for the most part, he, he really succeeded on that, actually. And um, and Roger's just one of those dudes who is um, like one so self-disciplined, right? He uh, comes from finance and he was a professional poker player. And then he was like a fitness lifestyle coach for a while after that. So just like pretty well-rounded and disciplined dude and a hard worker. And so I was like, you know, my my thought is like anything roger puts his mind to is gonna be awesome like because <laughs> he's not gonna let himself like half-ass anything that's just the way he is so um i was like sick hell yeah uh and you know d did some art for him and stuff like that for that and um just been kind of watching it happen um from the sidelines and it's been super beautiful to see the community around that grow in such an organic way and then i don't know if you guys have checked out like all the unreal engine stuff that um that that she's helping out with um yeah dude that's like i feel like that should be talked about more it's it looks so much they better than underplay that a lot and that they deserves some shine dude it, it's the best looking like metaverse i feel like and it's you know yeah. it's still very limited and shit um right now but it's so cool i was just walking around in there the other day and there's so much detail and so much thought and you can tell like it's not just slapped together to say oh we have a metaverse you know it's like really well thought out and that's another thing about roger is he has long-term vision and patience and is just like you know roger's just like full steam ahead no matter what the market's doing <laughs> yeah yeah and uh yeah so it's it's yeah i've been super cool to watch him like really grow that brand into something so cool and then he did like uh back in may put everyone's art uh at nft nyc or yeah, sorry not great. nft nyc just Times square and uh i flew out i was me and fiwa were actually chilling in la and uh roger hits me up and it's like midnight over here and um he's like dude your art's gonna be up in times square tomorrow and i remember him telling me about that but like <laughs> never never really like i didn't like follow up with the details i was like sick hell yeah and i was like wait it's gonna be up tomorrow he's like yeah i just woke up i'm in new york like it's going up tonight <laughs> and i was like 
oh shit i like look over a few i'm like a few i might have to fly to new york and i've like never been to new york new york before this he was like dude you gotta go <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like all right i've got my was, suitcase already yeah, packed yeah yeah we we're like chilling in the hotel he's like i'm just he was working as like christie's uh drop at the time he's like i'll just chill here at work like go to new york and come back i'm like all right and so at like fucking <laughs> two in the morning i catch an uber to the airport fly uh you know grab a one-way ticket to new york because i don't know how long i'm gonna be there um land at like noon or something the next day in new york and go straight to times square and meet up with roger there it's my first time meeting him uh met matt medved there for the first time and gavin shapiro brian brinkman um a few other people and uh yeah it was my first time ever in new york in times square and I got to see my art on like the fucking billboards there. And that was like one of the coolest experiences of my life. And like, I remember like my parents being like, that's like insane. Like we know about Times Square. That's not like, you know, getting your shit on some blog or something like that. It's like, it's Times Square. And I remember being like such, such a surreal feelings. And so the fact that Roger like put that together, um, you know, and funded it himself. And just because he wanted to make a special moment for the artists in the community. I feel like it's so cool. Awesome, dude. But he set a really high bar for you going to New York. Every time now, it's like, <laughs> now my art's not in Times Square. Like, shit. Yeah, I'm like, what's, what's this shit? Yeah. <laughs> Another story. A truly sended moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I feel like it, just back on the Unreal stuff, too, talking to Chewy about that a few weeks back and just realizing what goes into um, – kind of building it and then like the free range that they have to kind of take it on and going back to the creative side to you know having the ability to kind of do that without the stress of you know getting direction however you want to put it but um yeah i, I think that does need to get some more shine and it will in, inevitably uh, just because of how high the quality of the output is um yeah but yeah, yeah just another such a such a dope setup and just kind of built from scratch yeah so. yeah roger's not like a hype based individual if that makes sense he's not gonna yeah. be like screaming like look how dope my shit is you know like he's just not that kind of dude he's very humble and low-key and i feel like um a lot of this space is like to get attention you do have to like scream and shout and like you know a lot of times do like weird influencer stuff and roger just yeah. doesn't do any of that so i feel like his brand is such a slow burning brand in the sense of it like slowly getting larger and larger but it's all organic and so that's the kind of shit that lasts you know it's not hype based it's it's organic and 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 it's a very much a family vibe and it's like uh yeah it's just organic and i feel like yeah. that's really what you want to look for in this space is like um the brands that are doing organic growth that aren't relying on on hyper fomo because that's when shit gets all dicey <laughs> it's yeah, great advice yeah. for anybody yeah you get the reg flag accounts with 130,000 followers have been on twitter for two months and yeah. pumping the latest pfp yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah let me just scoop up some some of that some of those red flags i guess but um <laughs> yeah. i feel like I think, i'll go, go ahead, ahead. I think uh like it just takes time to weed that out though like uh, like there's like a lot of like exactly you know 
naive people out there that you know you like we were naive too so it, it just only comes with time and just experience so yeah um, this was something that actually roger and i were talking about the other week on our twitter spaces was um like when we all got into the community i feel like it was so so relatively small at the time that yeah. we could like really operate on a trust-based system where it's 100 like i know if i'm going to send this like anonymous person this nft he's going to send me the eth because like that was just the vibe and like people didn't really get scammed off of that kind of thing uh, at least you know at the beginning and um i feel like a lot of that ethos has kind of carried over like that mindset has carried over to where the market is now but now it's like a totally different game and there's there's people that you know like predatory people sociopaths people that um aren't here because it's the convergence of art and technology they're here because it's like the easiest way to make a quick mill <laughs> it, exactly. it is money so, attracts the thieves That's exactly sure. exactly and uh so now i feel like um, you know unless it's like a brand that has been here for a year like any project any any person coming in this space i feel like we can't just automatically give these projects and these people the benefit of the doubt anymore and that's sad because in a perfect society that's how it would work <laughs> just, i mean at this point big. i've kind of like cut off anything that's not like an artist-led project you know what i yeah, mean it's like it has artist yeah. backings you know because it's like if it's an unknown PFP project with just devs pushing this roadmap or whatever that may or may not materialize, it's like not worth it to me. Like, yeah, I'm here to have fun, not like worry about like, are my NFTs going to make money tomorrow? Like I, I'm yeah. thinking 10 years from now, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like that's like another sad thing is a lot of these projects, you know, even like say a year ago with the first boom right and you know a lot of that action happened on nifty gateway and a lot of artists sold you know maybe a little bit too much art a lot of open editions yeah and uh and you know that hurt the market a little bit in a certain way and but at the end of the day that's still like you look back on it and you're like these are artists who have been not paid basically their whole lives and now they're finally getting like this payday and so you know even at the end of the day you're like or even if like a piece of mind say in my nifty collection i buy it for three thousand now it's worth 300 i'm like yeah but like there's an artist behind that who got paid that, that you know that still changed their life in some way and i feel like now with all these pfp projects like a lot of the times the artists behind them aren't getting shit and a lot of times they're getting their artwork stolen, they're being taken advantage of, they're getting hit up on a Fiverr and don't even know they're working on an NFT project. And, you know, mm -hmm. like these really shady things that used to happen and still happen a lot in Web2, where like the artists are getting fucked over for these people who know how to operate a business and know how to make money. And that's what we're seeing now. And it's like, you know, all, all those people from Web2 who like know how to make a brand and know how to market shit on Twitter and know how to hype shit up and know how to sell shit. Like those are the people who are coming in and are behind all these giant pump and dumps. Yeah. And I think uh, to your point about the open editions and stuff and no fault of Nifty Gateway, but like it was new to everyone, you know, and it's like the artists are not thinking about like 
the the market trends and like you know what does this mean for the long run it's like no let's make a buck real quick and nifty gateway didn't know any better either to be like well maybe we should you know make these drops smaller and like and the artists like you know going into that like i don't know like i can you know price my one-on-ones based on what i sold my last one-on-one at but when i'm doing additions for the first time i'm like i don't know what i should be selling these at what they're worth and so a lot of that is like talking to nifty being like you know what are your collectors feeling lately what's the like price point versus and you know they kind of like be like all right this is they look at your previous sales and kind of be like this seems like a fair price point for you and you know they don't tell you what to price at but they give you like a suggestion based off their experience and so for the the fuel drop in particular <laughs> like if you look at like two months before that what we were talking about pricing at versus the day before when the drop when we agreed on the prices like it went from like two or three hundred bucks to like thirteen hundred bucks for a piece over those two months because of the way the market was going right and they literally said if you price these under like i forget the number 900 bucks or something nifty gateway is going to crash because of how many people are going to buy them like if it's under a thousand like psychologically twice as many people are going to buy it or whatever like yeah so there's like all yeah. these things that like we're going into that and then and yeah nifty didn't you know they j- were just trying to meet the supply and demand of the market at the time and the market was growing at exponential rate and so that's what they did and you, you know i don't know you, you can blame yeah. them a little bit but at the same time like it was a new experience for everybody i think right yeah it's kind of like that drinking from a fire hose analogy right where it's just like what yeah yeah what can you do you know the demand's there and at the same time like from from our end and just like seeing it it's like all right well i i remember back in january when they put out like community guidelines and uh i was like oh what happened to the community guidelines as of like the first week in march uh like i'll just push those aside (laughs) but um but uh uh yeah i mean i mean you know it, it was just kind of a sign of the times and you know when you're talking about pricing and stuff like like how do you guys come up with that right you're making your art and you're just like all right well now we're going to sell it nifty gateway <laughs> acting like they'd be surprised if their site crashed at that time it's kind of funny yeah their site, uh, their site was crashing a lot all the time oh yeah that <laughs> was so funny they were i like, remember those days yeah I remember yeah. the the Pog Trevor Jones drop where they uh, yeah, exactly. we made stuff on Friday and they were like, okay, you'll get this by Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are your yeah. thoughts on like primary versus secondary? Because you know, as a a collector, you'd kind of like to see a lower primary price and let the secondary cook a little bit, but. I guess there's different ways to look at it, right? You want to get paid up front and then not have to rely so much on royalties. But I mean, there's a lot to weigh there. Yeah, I think um, it's just kind of a personal thing for an artist, like how they want to do that. Um, a, A while ago, I had the analogy of like, you know, there's very fine one-on-one artists and that's like going to a really nice steakhouse and buying their like Wagyu cut or something, right? And it's expensive and it's memorable and it's it is nice. And then on the other side, you got like McDonald's and they're just like pumping out burgers on the daily. And at the end of the day, McDonald's makes way, way, way more money than the steakhouse does. But the steakhouse has like a more special feeling <laughs> to it. And I feel like those are like the two extremes of 
you know, uh, abundancy versus scarcity. And it's kind of up to the individual artist to decide what kind of balance they want to have of that. You know, there's some artists out there who just strictly do one-on-ones on super rare and that's it. And then there's artists out there that, you know, do only collections or only open editions or only limited editions and stuff like that. And um, I think it really just comes down to how you want to brand yourself. And I, I, I think it does matter that there should be like some kind of consistency or something, you know, like it, I feel like if you're bouncing back and forth all the time with no real narrative, it can get messy. But um, yeah, it's just like an individual thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think if I was an artist, I'd be somewhere between an Applebee's and an IHOP. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great analogy, though. What is that, TGI Fridays? Yeah. (laughs) Interchangeable (laughs) with Applebee's, yeah. Chili, all that. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a Chili's for sure. (laughs) With that that mustache, it's Chili's. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Calling out my mustache. You know we don't use the video. Yeah, it's all sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I forget you have a mustache. So <laughs> we haven't seen each other in a while, actually, Larry and I. Like I um I sat down with Milo and Weeby from Drop Hook um solo yep. while Larry was in Costa Rica. And then I was in Colombia before that. So it's been a while since uh, we've been wow. in studio yeah. together. Word, word, word. In studio. He's, he says in studio, but he means in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I'm in my yeah. studio right now, but it's actually my dining room slash kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, that's homeownership in 2022. <laughs> Reuse a few rooms. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm going to go walk walk around my yard in a little bit, a.k.a. the, uh, the streets. <laughs> the sidewalk. <laughs> the sidewalk, yeah. Near my apartment. <laughs> that's about it. Perry, um this has been awesome man yeah and, this uh, is great congrats man. on ymu that's awesome oh, thank you man thank you and we're looking forward to all your uh upcoming projects man we'll be on the lookout sick yeah I'll check a voice updated. platform eos chain i gotta check that out yeah that's cool man um i'm excited to you know i'm going back kind of the the prices and addition numbers i don't know exactly why i'm going to be doing this project yet because i really do kind of think of that last and it's more about the art first right but, mm-hmm. uh but I, I'm thinking, you know, not an Ethereum. I want it to be more accessible. I want it to be larger editions. And uh, yeah, I, I want to ex- expand my collector base a little bit. I think that's the hardest thing about being a one-on-one artist, which I, I was pretty strictly for, for a while um, before any of the Nifty Gateway stuff is like people that I'd love for them to collect my art that might not be able to afford a one-on-one. And like how how you know how do you address that? And um, I think I think cheap additions is a good way to do that. I think that's yeah, really and, smart. And an onboarding opportunity to a new chain for people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, I'd, I'd never be able to afford a ferocious one on one, but I have some of his additions, and that makes me feel special. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Same for us on pretty much everyone we collect. Thank God for yeah. additions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Um, we'll see the newest origin story. Actually, I need to watch Coldy still. It's on my list. So oh, yeah, I need to catch up on that too. Yep. Yeah. That's gonna be a good one. I agree. Keep grinding, man. Thanks again for the time. This has been great. Likewise, that was super fun. Um, hell yeah. Uh I'll see y'all at NFT NYC, if not before then.
Yeah, man. Yeah, June. Or, or in a space sometime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And All right. somebody's got to put your art up. We got to see it if we're going to be in Times Square. <laughs> Deal. All right. I'll All make right. that happen. All right. We'll that's talk on to you this time. <laughs> right, later, guys. Peace out, guys. Damn, that's nifty. single line I sure as hell didn't know that Fuck Render built the gallery to raise new artist popularity What a guy Yeah man it's Too much lag like a nomad all his belongings in a single bag All these things can't you see I learned all that's NFT That's nifty That's NFT That's a nifty nifty NFT that's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT Damn, that's a nifty NFT 